Hello, good morning, and welcome to this worship service. This is the first Sunday after Pentecost, which is also known as the Holy Trinity Sunday. We begin our worship service in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, dwelling in majesty and mystery, filling and renewing all creation by your eternal spirit and manifesting your saving grace through our Lord Jesus Christ. In mercy, cleanse our hearts and lips that free from doubt and fear, we may ever worship you, one true immortal God without, with your Son and the Holy Spirit, living and reigning now and forever. Amen. Our reading, which is our text for this Holy Trinity Sunday, is from the second letter, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 13, and I'll read just one verse, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the word of God for consideration. You can also find the other readings from the Old Testament book of Numbers chapter 6 verses 22 to 27, John, chap John chapter 16 verses 12 to 20, and also Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5. Dear friends in Jesus Christ our Lord, today, as I earlier said, is Holy Trinity Sunday. Today we talk about what we believe as the Trinitarian believers, that there are three persons in one God. This doctrine of the Trinity is a very difficult subject. It is difficult because it surpasses our understanding. The concept of three persons yet one God and one God yet three persons doesn't make mathematical sense to our way of thinking. It is beyond our comprehension. So how do we deal with it? We take it on faith. If this is what God Almighty God tell us about himself in the word that he has given us, that is the Bible, that is all we as believers need. Full stop, nothing more. That is the wonderful thing about the faith that God has given to us. It frees us from trying to figure out something that we cannot understand and allows us to simply believe and accept the comforting and beautiful truths the Bible has to offer to us. And that is what we would like to do this morning. Our text today is how the Apostle Paul closes out his second letter to the Corinthians. They are familiar words, although we usually hear them at the end of our service. We call it the Pauline blessings. 
And it is one of the two great Trinitarian blessings the Christian Church traditionally uses to close its worship. The other is today's lesson, which is from the Old Testament. It was spoken by the first high priest and Moses' brother. His name is Aaron. It is therefore called the Aaronic blessing, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. The doctrine of the Holy Trinity is not just some dusty theological truth that has no bearing on our lives. Rather, it is a teaching of great comfort and strength for us today. Using keywords from the Pauline blessing to our outline, our thoughts on this Trinity Sunday, let us joyfully see how we truly are a blessed people. We are a blessed people through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Point number two, through the love of God and thirdly, through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We are blessed people because we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The definition many of us have learned equates grace with undeserved love. Taking it a little further, we could say that grace is the free conferral of kindness on one who has no right to it and one who could never adequately compensate for it. A Bible illustration that comes to mind is the story Jesus told about the servant who had wrapped up an incredible amount of debt to his king far more than he could ever hope to repay. When he appeared before the king, the king had mercy on him and forgave his entire debt. Was the servant deserving of this? No. The debt were legitimate. Would the servant ever be able to make restitution? No. Even if he lived several times, he could never have repaid what he owed the king. To be honest, we ran out of modifiers in trying to capture all nuances of this type of love. Here is a few more. We see this type of love as selfless, sacrificial, extensive, tireless, all-encompassing, preserving, protecting, such is the agape love that is the love of God. And he directed towards us, we are a blessed people. <clears throat> what the king did for this servant was just an act of pure grace. It is something that was undeserved, free and full of forgiveness. That is what God does for us through Jesus Christ. Here is another insight. In the original Greek language in which the New Testament was written, the word for grace is also the word for gift. But when we put this concept together, and what we come up with is this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is the freely 
conferred and deserved gift of the full forgiveness of sin and eternal salvation that God has given to all who trust in his Son as their Savior. Or to move it from concept to a person, Jesus Christ is the living, breathing embodiment of grace. Jesus Christ is grace in visible form. Think about it. What is it that led Jesus, the Son of God, to give up the riches of heaven and live on our planet for 33 years? What led him to set aside that big glory in order to wear the earth-torn problems of humiliation? What is it that led the sinless one to suffer and die on the cross so that the sinful ones who rightfully deserve such punishment are spared for the same fate? The answer is the word grace. And here is the best news yet. We are the ones who are on the receiving end of it. Listening to what Paul says earlier in the letter from which our text is taken, listen to what he said. For you, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Why are we a blessed people? Because we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and what it means for us now and eternally. Secondly, we are blessed because we understand the love of God. Again, the Greek language has four different words for our one English term, love, each with its own shade of meaning. The word used here is the one generally used to mean the love God has for us, which is agape. Behind, behind it is the idea of selfless, self-sacrificing type of love and expects nothing in return and gives simply because that is the nature of the giver. One English author once wrote about the four different kinds of love talked about in the Bible. He makes an interesting distinction between what he called need love and gift love. Need love is confined to the world, to the world of man. Man has a basic emotional need both to love and be loved. When one person says of another, I can't live without him or her, that would be an expression of need love. On the other hand, gift love resides in the domain of God. He pits it this way. In God, there is no hunger that needs to be filled only plentiness that desire to give and that is what we call agape love and we know just how that plenteousness that desire to give went how did it go 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Just how deep is God's love for us? This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We can find this in the first letter of First John chapter 4, verse 10. Finally, ours also is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the, whole, the original is also instructive. The word for fellowship in the Greek language is called koinonia. And among its meaning are association, communion, and close relationship. Now let us zero in on that last one. It is God, the Holy Spirit, working through word and sacrament who brings us into a variety of close relationship. And what are they? Two in particular come to mind. First, there is the close relationship and the fellowship we have with God. Once a man was very sick at this moment of his sickness, he only relied on others to do things for him. This man had always taken his spiritual life seriously. During this period of his sickness, never did he say any word to complain about the pain that he was going through. He just admitted that his life had not turned out the way he was expecting. But then he went on to make this short but powerful statement. He said, God is my friend. That is the sensation of fellowship of the Holy Spirit brokers between God and us. We know God to be our friend. Now, does this mean we always go our way? Things will always be on our side? No. Does this mean God will always act in a way that makes sense to us or that we always understand? No. Does this mean God places an invisible protective force field around us that completely shields us from anything of physical or emotional pain that comes as a result of living in a fallen and sinful and painful world? The answer again is no. But when we know God as our friend, we know that the things he allows in our life that we do not understand or would not choose or would prefer not to deal with occur not because he is mad at us or punishing us or forgetful of us or dismissive of us or just tired of us. God does not have bad days and we never cease to be his beloved children. Rather, we know in the words of Paul to the Romans, that all things work together for good to them that love God. And we know that regardless of what may or may not be happening in our lives, God has met our greatest need. And what is that need? The forgiveness of our sins through the life, 
death and resurrection of his son. And that certainly fosters a close fellowship with our Heavenly Father. That fellowship then extends to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Take our own congregation, for example. Good Shepherd Congregation is more than an organization or like-minded individual. We are a family of faith. Does mean we all think the same? Does it mean that we always do the same thing? No. This is because we don't think the same, we don't do the same thing. Doesn't mean we all have the same idea, because we don't have the same idea. But when all is said and done, we are still a family. Another way of putting it, Good Shepherd is a community of believers. Who made us a family? Who brought us into this community? God the Holy Spirit did. Working in our hearts, he has brought us to understand the truths of God's word. We share the common bond of a common faith. And now we have not only a relationship with God, but a relationship with each other. We have and love God. We have and love Christ. We have and love each other. This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The short answer is that we are all blessed people. In fact, we are blessed three times over, friends in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. On this Trinity Sunday, let us simply rejoice in the status of who we are and what we have, namely, the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us now close with a prayer. We pray. Trying God, you are the eternal God whose name we praise forever. We could not have known you our only Savior, if you had not revealed yourself to us as Father, Son, and Spirit, three persons, yet one God. Remove from all unbelief from all of us and grant us humble faith as we contemplate this high and holy mystery. Scatter all those who are wise in their own concepts and give us a simple childlike trust to worship you as Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity. God our Father, whatever good is in us, whatever good things we have, and whatever good we do comes from you. In you we live and move and have our own being. Open our eyes to see the gifts you shower down on us every day purely out of your own fatherly love and care. Lord Jesus Christ, you came into our world to make the Father known to us. You joined yourself to us by taking on our humanity. You brought us back to God by shedding your blood. In love, you walked the way of suffering and bore alone the wrath of God, the wrath that we by our sins deserved. Creator Spirit, you have 
opened our eyes by the bright light of your word. You have burst through our deafness with the clear sound of your voice in the scriptures. You have breathed into us new life by the power of the gospel through word and sacrament. Help us grow in understanding the breadth and depth and height of the love of God. Make us firm in our resolve to do battle with our sin. In every weakness be our strength that we may show ourselves to be God's true children, faithful in prayer and constant in hope and fervent in love. O Holy Trinity, you are the God and the glory of God, the God of grace, the God of every comfort. From you and through you and to you are all things. We rejoice to call you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so to praise your holy name forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you all. The Lord give you peace now and forever. Amen.